You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. And welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 196, where we'll be discussing Jedi Fallen Order, Mandalorian, Chapter 3, and DC's growing film slate. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And Mr. J. <laughs> he is still absent from the podcast. Like we said, he is out doing adult hunting, proper hunting. And he'll fill you guys in when he's back, hopefully next week. His life is a bit turned upside down at this very point in time in a very good way. You know, he's making some big moves, big changes there. So he's focusing on family first. So Troy and I, we're going to be guiding you through our weeks in nerd, guiding you through nerddom in general. What's going on in the world of nerd? We got Jedi Fallen Order finally hitting the TV, hitting that controller. Mandalorian continues to deliver in a big way with Chapter 3. And we're also going to discuss, just briefly, DC's growing film slate. Black Adam, the success of Joker, is really driving a lot of positive talk towards the DC film universe, I'm going to call it. Not extended universe, not connected universe. So we're going to jump into all of that. But Troy, welcome back to the pod. I I did a solo cast last week because life is crazy for all of us nuts but we've been managed to find some time carve out that time to sit down and talk nerd but my man how you been sure. man what's going on in your week in nerd you know oh, we gotta talk man. about the last couple of weeks like we do always at the top of these episodes but yeah what's going on dude oh it's, it's been nuts it's been crazy uh so glad to be back on the mic i can't wait to just nerd out for a good session here and uh, and just talk everything nerd man it's just it's been a roller coaster it's been a ride yeah, it yeah. certainly has, man. Ups <laughs> and downs. And that's the thing that I talked about last week, and Troy's been extending the same thing, and Sanjay is that life sometimes takes over. And yeah. it's crazy how you find yourself at times almost sprinting between moments in your life. But like I said last week, coming to the mic here, it's my personal salvation. I know, Troy, you feel the same way. It's just yeah, let's take a breath, let's share that nerd, and let's talk some nerd. And dude, I gotta hear what's been going on in your nerd life in your in the last couple yeah. of weeks for you. Yeah, the couple of weeks, you know. Um, I mean, to start it all off, keeping it Star Wars, man. Yeah. Got my hands on that awesome, incredible game by uh, EA Respawn, um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And you know what? I gotta say, this game did a lot more for me than I thought. Um, the setting's perfect. It's no spoilers, but it's it's five years after um, Episode Three. Revenge of the Sith, and they've made it pretty clear. But the character is actually pretty intriguing. This character called Cal, who you follow throughout the whole story. Um, it's just great content. It's it's stuff like this that, um, you know, it, it kind of touches on all the waves of Star Wars media that we've gotten. You know, if you like Rebels, you get a bit of that. If you like the look of... Um, of kind of like the uh, the Jedi Force Unleashed, Star Wars Force Unleashed that we got way back. It captures all those kind of looks and feels of Star Wars. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone. But the biggest thing I like, and I I feel like there's been a lack of, is the Force, the element of the Force and lightsaber combat. We get it all in this game, which is so well received. And, uh, you know, there's some cool cameos that pop up, obviously, in this game. 
some nice little references. But all around, man, they did a great job of introducing a whole bunch of new characters. And you, you feel for every character that they present to you. And you're left just kind of wanting more. Maybe the downfall of the game, I, if I have to do a little quick review, is it's, it's short. It's a very short game, I felt. And, um, man, this game's difficult. And I was playing on like <laughs> I was playing on chicken mode. Seriously, like I used to go in on these games. Now I don't got the time to go, you know, like sane mode or Spartan mode or God mode. I take it pretty easy. Um, I kind of dabbled between normal mode and straight up easy mode, which is the <laughs> nice way. What they call it is story mode, so you can just play the game in story. But this game packs a punch, and uh, there's a big learning curve. But the beauty of that is once you learn the mechanics and the gameplay, you you it feels earned. So once you start becoming more of a Jedi, it, it feels earned. It, it's, it's great. So um, I know a couple of the guys out there have uh, been messing with the game and have completed it. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It, well well done on EA. They needed this win because I know the last two games haven't been well-received, Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2. But this right here, it, uh, it holds it down, man. So big, big ups to, uh, to EA. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy because I thought the game came out on Triple Force Friday, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you and then everyone started talking about it started trending here and there on twitter and you guys were were going to town on it and you're talking about you know not being able to drop the controller i was like what the hell like when did i thought this game came out in september or whatever triple force Friday was yeah you know it's funny speaking of dropping the controller i wanted to throw my controller um (laughs) playing this game for the first bit it was like i said the learning curve was very difficult i don't think i've had this much of a hard time since um i think i played you know, Arkham, one of the Arkham games on like full difficult mode. This game, though, it got the best of me a little bit there. But um, I did manage to always come back, pick up the controller and uh, just complete it, man. Just going in. Yeah. What was it the steep learning curve about? Was it just the mechanics of how you move around and how you fight, how you use the force? Yeah, it's it's the lightsaber combat. So, you know, with most games like um, I'll use an example like a, um, a Devil May Cry or an old God of War kind of game like a hack and slash is what they call it normally those games you basically pick it up you know you press jump to jump around and you, you hack away at the square button to make combos and that's about it but it's my this kind of game, game. <laughs> right <laughs> but mashing <laughs> exactly and that's what i thought we were getting but this game it's a lot to do with timing and parrying so there's a lot of blocking with the lightsaber you really have to read your opponent basically any opponent that shows up on screen is capable of killing you and the game is very unforgiving so if you do die in this game you will have to start back to the last point where you saved there's no real auto save in this game oh, no. so you might go 20 minutes in you might get taken out by a little rat which is just devastating and you got to start back like 20 30 minutes deep so it really makes you take every fight and strides and prepare yourself and you you really got to take your time in combat it's something else man something else it's crazy how much it's evolved since probably the last time i seriously played a video game was being <laughs> maybe xbox like the first version of the xbox or even oh, back yeah. even further nintendo 64 <laughs> yeah man yeah i've never played a game all the way through since goldeneye i don't think Oh, there you go. That's which, a good one. That's a which even that, like the mechanics were pretty straightforward. It was about yep. four buttons, right? And you didn't have yep. intelligent, you know, computer processed villains yeah. that are chasing you down either. Yeah, absolutely not. The, the AI in this game is pretty smart. It's something else. Very realistic too. I mean, the graphics are top notch. EA always comes correct with the graphics, and um, yeah, man, it's it, it, it's 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 great. I definitely want to see more of this coming down the road of EA. I, I think we're all kind of over the Battlefront stuff, and definitely want more story canon-like games that are very uh, force 
um, sensitive, I guess you could say. That's yeah. awesome. Is there is there space for a sequel to this? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there really is. Which is interesting because this game, like I said, it takes place five years after um, episode three. Basically, five years after Order 66. So the character that you follow, Cal, he would be older, obviously, than Ezra or Luke because he was a... Um, a Jedi, a surviving yeah, Jedi. So, yeah, Padawan. So, this guy, you know what, probably wouldn't match up with uh, Kanan, maybe a bit younger. Interesting. Yeah, he's probably a bit younger than Kanan, now that I think about it. Yeah. So, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with this game, for sure. Awesome. Great to yeah. hear. And how, how's the hunt been, man? I know we, uh, yeah. we've got the holiday toy hunt going on, so we've kind of yeah. pulled back a little bit. And you know what's sure. interesting? We just talked about this off air is that there's not a lot out there right now, which is right. which is kind of nice. It's been yeah. a, a breath for me in the collecting world where I've been able to pause and rethink and I'm getting things straightened out in here. Um, yeah. But I have been keeping up a little bit with the holiday toy hunt. But there's there a go. few things that came in kind of after we made that commitment. I had some lingering Marvel Legends in that, and so did you. You, nice. made a, you finally completed the uh, Bro Thor wave too, eh? Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's funny that you say that um, as we speak. So I, I did complete the Bro Thor wave. Cool looking figure. I, I, I loved him. Um, I, my favorite head sculpt was the one without the glasses, actually. Agreed. But um, yeah, you know, you know what? I've said it before and I'll say it again. No shame in my game. Um, I'm a big um, fan of Kijiji. And I've actually sold Brothor. So Brothor is no, no longer in my collection. Yeah, I, I, I sold it. It's probably the, it's the first Marvel Legends I've ever sold. And it's not because anything against the figure. I just, I don't have a place for him. So a figure like this, if I bought him off the rack, he would just stay in the packaging. Yeah. yeah. And the MCU shelf that I have, my, my plan is I won't have any doubles of characters out of the box. So mm-hmm. you only see one Thor on my list, one cap. So with this Thor, I had nowhere to put him. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna keep the one head sculpt that I like, and then I'm just gonna I'm gonna sell him along with. I think he came with Stormbreaker. Vision came with Stormbreaker. Yeah. So I, I threw that in the mix. So, bye, bro. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a great figure. Um. But no, I you know I I had a big thing on Big Bad Toy Store. I got a big haul from those guys a couple weeks back, and it finally came in the mail, which was great. It was um, it was uh I guess Force Awakens Luke. Which everybody pretty much has, but the original one that I had, I kind of hacked up in the white and. Oh, okay, the white one, yeah, the white robed one, yeah. Yeah, but he, these guys were all on sale for like six bucks, so I got a Luke, I got a Daredevil from the Netflix line, nice. which I already have, but I want him out of box, and then I picked up a um, Wasp from the Ant Man Wasp wave, um, okay, yep. Wasp, which is she's so cool. You have her, yeah, it's a great fig. Yeah, I've been eyeing that figure up and down. She's awesome looking. So I finally got my hands on her. I got a Shuri at last. I got another Black Panther. And I got my hands on a Killmonger, but the Killmonger in like his whatever Black Panther. Oh, in like the the Golden Panther or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, because there's there's two releases of that. There was the two-pack version. Right. And then there was the, and that came with, um, what's his name? I can't remember this guy's name. Hobbit. Mortson or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Ross, was it Ross? Something Ross? Everett Ross, thank you. Right. <laughs> I can right. literally never remember his name. <laughs> and then there was a single pack when they did the the second wave release of all Black Panther figures. But I don't think it came with the head swap. 
Yeah, see, and that's a cool thing because I not too long ago I did a little custom Wolverine, but it was based off the Killmonger body. So I have a, a spare oh, nice. um, look like head of my own, I guess you could say. Yeah, and is. I threw it's it good. on the, the Black Panther uh, figure. So I kind of did a little mismatch there. Um, and you know what, man? The last thing I collected... Oh, you know what I got my hands on too in the pack? I finally got the Lando that I was bugging Corey about a little bit when he told me on the on the podcast, Corey over at Tumbling Saber, when he... I remember the one episode he said he found the the Lando in the Return of the Jedi gear and he put the box down. So there's that one Lando they released where he's like the bounty hunter look. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You never, yeah. And it's I've never seen it out in the world. Yeah, so I got my big bad toy. He was super cheap. And I so I was like, yo, I gotta get this figure. And now I have all three Landos, and when you compare man, like this Lando looks like completely like Billy D. Like it's it's nice. awesome looking figure. So got that. And the last thing, man, the last thing is I got a Dragon Ball Z statue that I've been eyeing up forever. It's a good price. Got my hands on it. This thing's about like 11 inches tall to go along with another statue I have. And um, man, looks great. But I'm done. I think that's it. Now that's it's it. Christmas shopping. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Towel. This this time of year under strict rules. <laughs> don't buy stuff yeah. and then you know also committing to the holiday toy hunt so that's really what my hunt's been focusing around and yeah. i've been just dipping in out of stores looking for deals and i managed to find some solo stuff a few funko pops for four or five bucks what kind some, of solo stuff what's i got the uh so i got the rio funko pop okay yeah 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 and then i got a big it's kind of those um i always call them shampoo bottle figures but it's the empty nest shampoo bottle figure. Oh no way! That looked pretty cool. Yeah, they style? had like fifteen at a dollar rama for four dollars each. You can't go wrong with that. So I grabbed that. I grabbed some three and three quarter inch figures from both the Last Jedi and Solo. So I'm starting to we're starting to build up a nice little stack here with the intention of, of course, donating it to a children's charity just to make yeah. sure that you know those the the kids that you know maybe don't have that opportunity to get this type of stuff. You know, hopefully they'll find it under their tree come Christmas and, you know, yeah. start to build their own collection. So I've been actually having a lot of fun with that. My daughter's really been bugging at me to go with her. So we're likely to hit a few more dollar stores. And nice. we're only buying at the dollar stores, too, because the stuff is cheap. But I'm only buying stuff that's stacked really deep. I'm going to leave anything oh, okay. that is not stacked deep for, you know, that is a place where people could also go to buy this type of stuff. And I don't want to be pulling all that off shelves. Sure. So, I, so anything that has, you know, three, four, five, six versions of that, I'll grab one of those, just one of those, to make sure I'm leaving stuff there as well. But I'm also kind of padding this out without... Because the, the thing I don't want to do is I don't want to buy two Marvel Legends. You know, I want to make yeah. sure that I'm getting at least 20 items that... I can donate, and then on top of that, what you guys are contributing as well, so yeah. we can get upwards of you know, 30, 40 items that we're donating. There we go. So yeah. pretty excited about that. And then personally, I've just had a few things come in, uh, really just one or two things that I had purchased before, and you came and you finally hooked me up with the Iron Patriot. We had that yeah. in order with a dude that you, you work with in the background there. Yeah. And what do you think of the figure? You feeling it? I love the figure. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a huge figure for, yeah. for thirty bucks. There's a ton of plastic there, sculpted yeah. well, way more movie accurate than what would have been kind of that prototype war machine that never really appeared in the film. Right. This year, it's great. Has a ton of accessories and also comes. I, I agree. These head sculpts, these two Thor head sculpts. Yeah. Yeah. The the one with the glasses is the way to go. Yeah. I I tr- pop this on the quantum suit. Nice. Didn't fit. Didn't look right. 
it's yeah, too big or too, the oh, head looked on. too big for the body. Ah, uh, okay. So I need yeah. a bigger body if I'm ever going to do that. But what yeah. I'm waiting for is to get my hands on the Infinity War. And you have this, the Infinity War Thor. I never grabbed it for whatever reason from that last Infinity Wave with Black Widow. It was the um, the Black Dwarf, the Cull Obsidian build a right. wave so in the right. black suit so okay this head yeah. would look good on that it would it would yeah and, and they all fit. with stormbreaker and that so you you do have that so if you do have the opportunity to pop it over to see if it looks yeah. any good yeah uh, it'd be worth it and then i yeah. carlos has had iron man from that wave for me for a few weeks now um, three weeks, and so that's my last thing, and then I'll have completed the Brothor. But Brothor is staying in my collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep it, man. He's a, he's a good looking figure. I can see him right now. Oh, he yeah, looks I, good. <laughs> I, I love this last wave of MCU figures. I'm eyeing really? up for hopefully either what I'm going to point my wife at for Black Friday deals, Cyber Monday coming up here. Uh, some of the two packs from the I don't I guess it would be the Marvel Legends two packs, not the 10th anniversary, but the Ant Man one, the Grandmaster and Korg set which is down already to forty dollars on amazon which is a pretty good deal 20 bucks a figure and that yeah. korg is a big heavy figure so oh, uh, yeah some great value there so keep an eye on that guys for the collecting and and pointing your spouses loved ones partners whatever <laughs> at at these to make sure that they're showing up under the tree or in the stocking or whatever you do whatever you celebrate and uh, then uh yeah man it's 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 really just been about Plugging into TV shows, I took this opportunity over the last few weeks to really start catching up on things. So, nice. of course, and we're going to talk about this later, Mandalorian Chapter 3, yeah, got that in, two viewings, loved it. The Imagineering story, third episode dropped, they're about an hour apiece. I'm still just absolutely enthralled with this documentary yeah. series. Uh, this last one really picked up the pace of it all, and we got to see kind of the changing of the guard within Disney fantastic and then i also caught watchmen episode one the hbo series i didn't realize i had access to this and on my telus pick tv for whatever reason i have access to this on demand for free (laughs) so i watched the first episode it was stellar yeah it was very well put together very cinematic field spare no expense on this this was extremely well done I'm not super well-versed in the Watchmen, Minutemen type of universe or lore or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I did find myself asking a couple questions, but I'm hoping that as the show progresses, they kind of walk me through some of this, that it's not Mm -hmm. a kind of higher barrier for entry to understand exactly what's going on. Some of the questions I had, they started to answer them towards the end of the first episode, but I'm hooked enough to continue to watch this. And I yeah. think episode four or five just dropped. Um, I don't know if Every how Sunday, deep... right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sundays. So yeah. it's something for me it's recommend if you have access to it to, to yeah. just get into it. And, yeah, it feels great to, to start to diversify a bit there. Um, sure. I was kind of really hung up on Disney Plus and still am yeah. um, with all the content on there. But kind of expanding out and, and getting in that Watchmen because Carlos, he's been adamant about how good it is. <laughs> And and I know Grabs is waiting on it, so there's no spoilers here. But I'm sure he's yeah. gonna love it because he uh, he's truly a Watchmen guy. So and then Sonny, I got I just one comment before we move on to some news here. He came storming, man. He's he's hunting that golden Spidey for the box office fantasy pool. Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, blazing. Frozen stomped in with 137 million dollar opening. Disney's Animation Studios' largest opening of all time, 350 wow. million dollars globally. Of course, this thing was gonna be a hit. 
It's a monster. And yeah. he's still got Jumanji left. He's still got a Dwayne Johnson movie. He's so scary. And Joker was dope. Like Joker, <gasps> you know, made some money. Like Sonny. It, he had some really good wow. choices and kind of yeah. reaching into the news here. We're going to jump over there and talk some DC for a minute. Yeah. Joker, it crossed the billion dollar mark. An absolutely incredible feat. And if you went and told Tim from six months ago that the Joker <laughs> was going to make a billion dollars, I would have laughed you out of the nerd room. <laughs> Seriously. I had yeah. zero zero hope that this would ever make a billion dollars without i without i guess they had imax but without 3d without a chinese release yeah absolutely incredible feat pulling in 327 million dollars domestically and 710 million dollars internationally for a rated r film wow about a comic book villain origin story to me this is absolutely insane on a budget of 55 million dollars this has got to be one of the most profitable films of all time and probably the most profitable comic book movie of all time by quite a margin i would think now yeah well it's crazy because i remember thinking back even to was it 2016's deadpool yeah the budget was what 79 and yeah. the movie made what nine hundred worldwide think, yeah, in or eight hundred eight hundred million, yeah. Yeah, it was something crazy. And at that time, I was like, "Whoa!" Which is still incredible. But the fact that Joker's coming along and just demolished that. But you know, I mean, I guess who else could do it? I mean, Joker is the biggest. When you think of villains, you think of Vader. When you think of Joker, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> he, he's the biggest, big, uh, one of the biggest villains out there. So I mean, it. Yeah, we've never been able to predict this, that's for sure. No. But, I mean, once I look back, I'm like, okay, I guess I, I see it. It's it's something else. I mean, it's a big victory for WB, and happy for those guys. It's a well-made movie, and, um, man, hats off to those guys. That's that's huge. It's wild. But and we talked about this and broke this down a few weeks ago, but how many billion-dollar films in, this, in the comic book space have you watched more than once? Like, if you look at... Star Wars and Marvel films and all that. You and I have both have repeat viewings into those. Far from oh, home. Yeah. This oh, yeah. did you see it twice? No, 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 no. I only saw this one once. Me too. And that that's what's interesting to me is that the diehards, I don't even think Sanjay saw it twice. No. And Carlos maybe, but I'm not hundred percent on that one either. So I think Carlos did actually no, I think Sonny did. Did he? Did he do the double? Did see it twice. I think he did see it twice. Oh, he did because he saw it with his wife then us. Right. And Carl I think Carlos didn't did come too. with us. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, but still there's not yeah. a ton of billion dollar comic book films that no. guys like you or I don't go see see at least twice. Right. Yeah, so Endgame twice, I saw Last Jedi twice, Force Awakens twice, all yeah. of them. Yeah. And all these films that cross the billion dollar mark, I, I'm seeing multiple times. And I think I would speak fairly confidently that films like Aladdin and that, Frozen 2, they're going to have a lot of repeat viewings in those younger audiences. That, again, just really shows and demonstrates how wild this feat is for Joker. For sure. is that it, I, there's not a ton of repeat viewing. There's not people that have seen this 15 times, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's not a movie I even really want to revisit like i will eventually but i'm yeah. not chomping at the bit to get my second third fourth home video oh, yeah. watching in you know yeah no i know we left that theater man that was a gut punch that was a lot to digest but i mean you know it's it's incredible what these these comic book films do and you know like uh 
the guys out there like Scorsese that are hating, they got to thank the comic book industry, if anything, because they're keeping the theater industry alive with big money coming in like this. Yeah. Nobody else is really doing it. But the the Pixar's and the the Marvel films and DC, Aquaman, Joker now, it's, it's keeping the industry alive. It, That's all it I can is. say. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you have a film this big, yeah, you can't really not talk sequels. Oh, yeah. Billion dollar film, one of the most, if not the most profitable film in the comic book movie genre ever. Yeah. It's got to be difficult for Warner Brothers to not think about how to continue to monetize a property like this. Now, there's conflicting rumors that were flying around the internet last week or earlier this week. And the Hollywood Reporter and Deadline had conflicting stories on whether or not Todd Phillips had gone and met with WB about some sort of sequel to Joker. And we got a bit of clarity around that. And coming from the man himself, Todd Phillips, the director and writer of Joker, he says that they've talked about it in general. He said while they're touring with Warner Brothers all over the planet promoting Joker, that, yeah, of course, they've talked about the potential of a sequel. But in actuality, there's nothing in place, he said. There's no contracts. There's no story. There's nothing even to entice him to write a sequel at this point. And so I, I guess for the most part, this meeting that Hollywood Reporter and Deadline were going back and forth saying, yes, they're doing it. They're developing this portfolio. I guess none of that really happened. Mm-hmm. But the concept and the idea of a sequel, I would say that Todd Phillips didn't outright say it's never happening. Mm-hmm. But he said that it's not currently in the works. So what's your take on this? Like, do you think that Joker needs a sequel or the whole idea and concept of this type of film is that it's a one-off. It's a story. It left you with some ambiguous ending that allowed you to interpret a lot from it. And I think that's a huge power in the film Mm -hmm. that all four of us after watching it and reviewing it came back and said, we have completely different interpretations of this film. (laughs) And we all sat and watched the exact same film. Yeah, And we watched yeah. the same progression and build-up to this film, following this note-by-note note almost as the momentum built from its first announcement to its release. Mm-hmm. And so we're all in the same headspace, but watching it took different things away from it, which is really interesting. So oh, yeah. how do you do a sequel, or do you need a sequel for something like this? I, like Me, personally, I'm thinking, no, leave it. Yeah. Let, let yeah. this be the masterpiece that it is. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I'm right there with you. I, I, I would say you leave this. I don't think you, you make a sequel to it. I think the brilliance in it is what you kind of mentioned that it, that you know, your interpretation is left up to you. Uh, whatever you want to think happens in that film is it's totally up to the audience. And um, I don't know if you can really strike that twice. It's hard to because I'd imagine if you were to do a sequel, I mean, it's definitely left open because I mean it's the Batman mythos. So spoilers, but I mean the Batman character would have to pop up i would say mm-hmm. or 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 not i mean bruce wayne could very well be training at that point but then it's like what do you what are you really doing at that point what's where that movie leaves off i mean thomas wayne well thomas wayne's gone yeah so gotham city would probably be a disaster um I don't really know. I don't know what you could really do with the, with the sequel. I think it's – I honestly think the energy for that property is best put into something else. Agreed. 
Yes. As opposed to doing a, t- a follow-up to the Joker film. I think Joaquin Phoenix's performance was was incredible. I don't think he's even interested in doing one, much like we've discussed before. His interest in this whole superhero genre was to do a one-and-done, uh, hence why he had to deal with Marvel, and he decided not to do it because he realized with Doctor Strange, he would have had to do multiple films, which is something he just wasn't interested in. Um, then again, you know, money talks. I'm sure that, you know, there'd be a <sighs> dump load of money <laughs> at his driveway to do another one but i um i would just have i just think it's a hard time following up with what they've done because wb themselves didn't even think this movie was going to be what it is no and much to your point about where to put the energy Mm -hmm. not into a sequel but developing similar style of films exactly i i just don't think you have the same kind of reception to a film like this again Mm -hmm. if they go back and try to explore a bit more to me in itself it was written and produced and cut like a one and done film. Definitely. That doesn't yeah, there's all sorts of ambiguity in it, but it doesn't need explaining. You know, we've talked in the past about the idea of Vader and how there's a lot of mystery to that character and they really took a lot of that mystery away. Yeah. And that's took a lot of momentum, at least for us personally, about wanting to read more Vader. Yeah. And how much more can you really explain of the Joker in here? They kind of give you some insight, but I don't want them going back and putting a, a pinpoint on this is what happened here, this is what happened here, or even trying to extrapolate from the position that we're left in. Like, I think to me, it was the way they, they, they finish off the film, like you mentioned, you can't go any further with it. Yeah. And I agree, I don't think we need a sequel, but no. the dark label, or the black label that Todd Phillips said that he had pitched, Mm-hmm. And WB told them, well, let's just do one film first. <laughs> it seems like that, to me, is something that is really all but confirmed. If they can really move towards these R-rated films, which we're likely mm-hmm. to see with The Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, that that's their niche at this point. Yeah, Marvel has no interest in producing films like this at this yeah. point in time. You know, they They may find energy with the Fox label to actually go down that path and not produce underneath the Marvel Studios banner. But this is a gap in the genre, and DC's filled that, and they got to continue to fill it, but with new and diverse properties. I think that's the bottom line. Completely agree, completely. Because like you mentioned, you know, Marvel probably won't tippy-toe around this kind of dark territory, and I think that's where DC can capitalize. Yeah. Um, Whether it's, you know taking villains and having their own spin, whether it's a Mr. Freeze, what have you. But I feel like that's where they can really benefit over Marvel is, is doing this black label basically of what Todd Phillips has mentioned. And clearly it's working. You had a film like the Joker competing with the likes of Spider-Man far from home. Exactly. (laughs) The follow up, the direct follow up to Avengers Endgame, which is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now sticking with DC here and the DC label itself, the uh, the release the Snyder Cut mm-hmm. movement, if we can call it that, picked up a lot of momentum over the last week or so. And there seemed to be some sort of online tipping point that people were looking at WB to actually give them acknowledgement or an answer on this, you know, with HBO Max coming as well. And the whole movement, to me, the thing that I liked about what I saw over the past few weeks, it seemed pretty civil mm-hmm. and pretty positive that's true which yeah. was really great to see and we had the likes of ben affleck gal gadot you know Zack snyder himself you've had 
comic book writers and creators commenting on this uh, using the hashtag you saw this mm-hmm. thing really garner a ton of twitter's attention over the last little bit but i really don't know what to make of all this you know mm-hmm. snyder seems to continue to pour gas on the fire here you know sharing photos of batman of he shared one i think today or yesterday of Volko um from aquaman but actually from the justice league film he's been sharing stuff in the past about dark side some of the 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 landscape and all that that he had built into the tone so my question to you given that we had this big movement and Mm -hmm. we there seems to be a forum there seems to be a a real desire for it and Mm -hmm. getting the support of of celebrities in that especially people that were close to the project is an important thing Mm -hmm. and but do you, do you think this thing, do you think we'll ever, ever get this? You know, there was an article that came out in Variety this past week from a DC or a Warner Brothers Insider's perspective, and he mm-hmm. called the Snyder Cut a pipe dream. Now, that's his <laughs> quote, not mine, that they have zero plan on releasing this thing. You know, yeah. given that there's potential to make money or seemingly potential mm-hmm. to make money, do you think this thing's ever going to see the light of day? Nope. I, 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 I thought so from day one. I might get some flame for this, but I thought so from day one. I mean, this thing truly existed in all its form. We would have seen it by now because there's clearly money to be made off this. It would, And it would go to WB. It's like, yes, yeah, it as Snyder Cut, but it's WB's property. So they would make all the money off this. If they... If it, if it existed, they would release it. I, I feel like we mentioned before, it's um, the most you might get is some kind of cool documentary yeah. of what possibly could have happened. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe that's just the buzz about like Snyder Cut, what could have been the Snyder Cut released. And we're going to get all this inside cool stuff, which would be cool. That would be fantastic. But I don't think we're getting a, a proper Snyder Cut. And even if it did exist, it would be tough because – with the universe they're trying to establish, what if this Snyder Cut was like beyond anything? What if it was a masterpiece? That's then the thing. You, yeah. What do you What are you gonna do? <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I I honestly believe it doesn't exist. I think there's probably a lot of shots that are unfinished, uh, CGI that's not been completed, and um, I think we will probably you know a year or two from now, especially with this buzz with Affleck and Gal Gadot, um, you know, pushing it. It's it's probably some kind of cool hour hour and 45 documentary of all the inside stuff working on the project yeah Yeah, and we've been pushing that concept for a long time here and seeing what i'm seeing coming out though i don't there might be something out there Mm -hmm. i I was a real doubter in the past but you know he confirmed it and sure i'm sure there's a version out there that is wildly and dramatically different from what we saw put to screen Mm-hmm. and it seemed to be building out this three- or five-part arc, whatever it was, that Snyder was constructing across multiple film franchises and multiple yeah. team-up films. Sounds so cool, too. Very ambitious, very yeah. cool. Yeah. And to see a vision like that would be really neat to yeah. really contrast it to what we got. Because at this point, it's not like it's a MCU film that would change canon and change story and continuity. Right. To be honest, if they release it, it's not going to do much because I don't really know how much continuity building they're going to (laughs) do leapfrogging off of that material. So I I don't know. I don't think it will ever see the light of day either. Mm -hmm. I have more confidence, like you're saying, in some sort of Snyder sitting down and walking you through it and then showing photos. But like, who owns those photos? Like, where is he getting all these photos from? Like, Because I would think WB owns those photos no right yeah 
Yeah, you'd imagine so, right? So him leaking these photos, it must be. But I mean, either way, I guess WB could be like, sure. Like, it's it's just all good publicity for them, yeah. basically. Even if he is leaking out of his own free will, just kind of boosts them up even that much more so. So if the point, like, yeah, let's make some money. Let's release this on home video or, or the WB app or whatever it is they have yeah. or you know i yeah. don't know it's it's interesting to see and yeah. and what a passionate fan base you know i have to give so major cool. major props to that is that what are we like three years two years out from yeah. from justice league and there's yeah. still this crazy amount of momentum like no one's talking in this capacity about thor ragnarok or anything that came out right in 2000, you know what i mean yeah. so yeah it, it's funny to True. see the the passion not funny i think it's good it's nice yeah. to see the passion here and point it at something positive. That would be my only recommendation. Yeah. And you never know. You never know what Zaddy's going to put out there, you know? No doubt. <laughs> it, it, it sounds wild. It sounds so cool from the stuff that I've heard. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it, you know, because it's, it's um, like you mentioned, positive is the word. Because when you go back, I mean, unfortunately, the stuff we hear with, like, uh, episode eight, it's not on this level of positivity, at least especially around now. The Snyder Cut stuff people are behind it and it's, it's all positive talk and that's all you really want in this yeah. kind of fan base or community right is, is to stay positive man so keep it up throw out those hashtags and uh man i hope you get something i listen if they release this i'm the first one to watch it Hands that's the down. thing yeah I, I got behind the kind of the whole movement on the weekend and it got a real yeah. a lot of attention there is because i thought to myself look if this came out i would yeah. for sure either pay to watch it or yeah. whatever way that it's released, I would find yep. a way to watch it, whether it was in the Batcave or whatever. Yeah. I, I would be doing that. Like, I'm not going to sit and cross my arms and say, there's no way I'm going to watch this. <laughs> of course I'm going to watch this thing. Oh, like, yeah. it's one of the most talked about comic book movie films of all time. <laughs> yes, I'm going to watch yep. the dang Snyder Cut if it exists. Yep. So I agree. I'm, I'm first one sitting down with a box of popcorn, and, you know, I'd yeah, give man. you my honest and fair thoughts on it too. But, yep. uh yep. Yeah, I, I know that like sometime it's like Star Wars, right? There's kind of the seedy dark side of of that sort of fandom <laughs> and that most of these people, I think at least from what I can see, there there you know, there seems to be that like I said that positive spin on things and yeah, they get a bad track record I think for some of the, you know, more vocal negative people yeah. and kind of bombing certain things and all that as far yeah. as Twitter threads, but in general, yeah, I I'm I'm supportive of the idea of a positive movement on this 100%. and trying to get someone's attention and change something. And, and yeah, sure. Hell let's, let's, let's get the Snyder cut. Cause I'm going to watch it. Yeah. If it, yeah, <laughs> if it ever debuts. It. <laughs> um, and last thing we got to talk about DC here is uh, our dude, you know, Dwayne Johnson, the rock. He is, mm-hmm. he's out there pumping up Jumanji two recently. Uh, he's on that press tour. It's coming out to compete nicely with, the rise of skywalker which hopefully doesn't <laughs> dent up my uh my box office fantasy draft too much <laughs> you and sunny going head to head on this one yes we are <laughs> but he's also been uh been making waves the busiest man in hollywood uh the biggest man in hollywood mm-hmm. he uh he put out a post on his instagram which gave us some more insight into the black adam film now this is a film we've known is coming in some capacity that that Dwayne Johnson had a relationship with WB and that he really had desired to play a superhero in the DC extended universe or DC universe, whatever you want to call it. He had this really great discussion or tribute, whatever you want to call it post on Instagram where he's discussing, you know, the influence of Superman on him. And he says Superman so many times through it here. And the fact that he's honored to join 
the iconic DC universe to play and become Black Adam. I don't know anything about Black Adam, but he's very specific in here to say he's blessed with magic powers equal to Superman. And mm. But the difference is he doesn't toe the mark or walk the line. He's rebellious, one-of-a-kind superhero. So I love the idea of this. Yeah. And also cam- coming with this, it's a great photo by Jim Lee and Boss Logic and the announcement of the release date of December 22nd, 2021. So filling in that ever-so-coveted December Christmas release date, Black Adam is yeah. coming, man. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's cool. I mean, um, man, it's been a long time, you know, because we got this before even Shazam. Yes. Which was so weird to me because then when they announced Shazam, I was like, okay, well, what about Black Adam? And then Shazam was announced like, what, four years after <laughs> the announcement? Five years after Black Adam? And then it came and it's gone and we still haven't gotten a Black Adam film. Um, It's really cool. I'm interested in I I think... I feel two ways about it. One, I love what The Rock is saying. You know, he's he's throwing it out there that, you know, he's on par with Superman, 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 Superman. I love that. That's cool. And it's, you know, it's marketing. Superman's the bigger character than Shazam. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, man, like, I wasn't a big Shazam fan at all for the <laughs> movies. <laughs> I, I think I made that very clear. But for me, Shazam is Black Adam's guy. So it's kind of like you know, hinted a Green Goblin film and Green Goblin's talking trash about Iron Man. And you're like, okay, that's cool. But Spider-Man's your dude. Like that's yeah. who you got to fight. So for him to talk about Superman over Shazam is, is a little funny to me. And it'd be, I'd be very surprised to see if they went the route of a Superman over a Shazam. But at the same time, it kind of teases the fan base out there. That's wondering like, is Henry out or not? Is Henry in? I would love to see Henry go toe-to-toe with The Rock. I think that would be awesome. But um, I think it's, you know, I, I think Shazam, you know, should get his dues and uh, and pop up in this film and go head-to-head with The, the Rock because at the end of the day, that's his that's his villain. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. I It sounds like this, well, of course, at least by release dates, that yeah. this is going to be in front of the next Superman. Yeah. And he seems to be really heavily teasing that, Superman might have a role in this over Shazam. There's no mention of Shazam mm-hmm. in this post, which, much to your point, is is quite interesting. And yeah, I uh, I don't I don't know if I've watched Shazam yet, so <laughs> I'm gonna let that linger forever. Maybe <laughs> we will get to that review, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> but I love the Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I look at this image though that he did post. It looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I still have a hard time because he often plays. Now, he's got like his role in Ballers and all that, which is a bit more of the drama, a bit more serious. But this really implies a more serious tone, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, does this need to be a serious tone? Can this go the Red or Shazam to, and, and really get that same momentum that he wants behind a superman film like right what sort of tone does this film need to work like to me for for dwayne the rock johnson his size and all that for him to jump into a shazam looking suit yeah that zachary levi wore it was more of a comical look i would say yeah. like it was it looked like he was pumped full of air and all that <laughs> <laughs> He's not, I don't think he's, he's a big guy, but not that big. No. And The Rock's not going to need anything like that. But yeah. it's also like this is a real 
dramatized type of photo and they've taken the liberties with the environment and all that it's to me it's gonna be hard to see him in something in a suit like that that is very comic accurate right i don't know i just i can't see past him that's that's the one thing with with dwayne johnson is that Mm. he's not the type of guy that you lose in a role he's not joaquin phoenix right he's he's very present in the roles you're you don't you see him Mm-hmm. but you don't see and maybe some of the roles that he's had doesn't allow for that like the jumanji roles and this jungle right. cruises got coming up and the few of the yeah. other action oriented films all that. yeah yeah i see dwayne johnson i don't see luke hobbs you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that's a good point because you know even like when you look at drax i can lose batista yes. in um Blade Runner 2049. I, I I lost him in that role. And, you know, even the, his little role in, in, in James Bond there. So, yeah, it's a good point with um with The Rock is how are you going to lose that? I mean, yeah. and maybe, and maybe they're not even trying to. Maybe with someone as big as The Rock, like the whole point is just to be like, look, like we got him. We're yeah, exactly. We have The Rock. Um, going back, I guess, to that little point, too, I mentioned with um, Shazam and, and Superman and basically Superman kind of stealing the light from Shazam. If I can go, I mean, I, I guess I can go into spoilers because I mean, the movie Shazam has been out for what since March, so it's it's been out for some time. So if you haven't seen the film, don't worry about it. Don't even bother. <laughs> but um, you know, at the end and end credit scene, we do see a, a Superman appear. So obviously, Superman in this universe um, has spent some time with Shazam, maybe training them a little bit. So we, we could possibly see both of them pop up in this yeah. film i guess because they have made it clear that superman well one we all know he he's established in this universe but two he's he's in that part of town i guess so he could probably you know come across the paths of of shazam and and um black adam so i guess that kind of makes sense yeah i don't know it's uh it's another interesting property to watch develop here yeah and the rock is very forthcoming too with while his films are in production mm-hmm. that he's sharing stuff yeah, and so it's going to be interesting to get that that really extra bit of insight because that's really part of his persona and his whole idea and being as far as his presence on the internet and his hundred and sixty million Instagram followers and all that. <laughs> like this is his business is yeah. just sharing his life. That's right. And so watching this develop is going to be really cool from that perspective as well. And you know, you look at the growing DC film slate. You know, we've talked about three very different properties: two which we know, or one which has happened, one which might not ever happen, and one is going to happen. <laughs> and it, the spectrum of this is pretty crazy to watch. How DC went from really struggling to now having a very diverse universe yeah. that they're building off of. And we've got Birds of Prey coming. We've got the Batman taking a whole bunch of momentum. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to watch the, the space of DC and how they're finally moving into a zone of comfort, yes. it seems, which is uh, a very exciting to watch that we can now see the universes really dueling with each other on an equal level is my hope. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not so one-sided. Exactly. And it's yeah. kind of this this growing, you know, competition makes each side better. Exactly. So yeah. let, let's get let, more of that. So I'm excited about the DC film universe at this stage. And there's great properties coming next year. One Woman 84, of course, too. So it's going to be an exciting space to watch. Yeah, man. Yeah. So before we move on to our next article here, the uh, I was we've got a, a listener here that sent in 
a some feedback and i just got his permission actually to read this i always like to make sure that we have permission to to read what they've sent in a dm or whatever and this comes from ty guy over on instagram and it reads been listening to your show for a couple years almost now thought the collecting was so cool right away and the general nerd banter is always great collected toys and legos when i was a kid but lost it long ago Started finally trying to collect more recently through eBay and mostly Lego Funko and ship models. And he sent a small photo here of his Avenger setup that we inspired, that you guys inspired, he says. Someday oh. I hope to have a bigger place where I can have my own proper nerd room. Love the show and all you guys. Thanks for making my week every Thursday morning. So, man, first oh. off, I, I told you this in the DM, but mm-hmm. I love hearing this and absolutely made my day that you've come you've joined us on this kind of crazy nerd journey and want to share your fandom and share your passions and actually grow those with us i I think that's so cool to hear that you know you're doing some lego collecting and funkos and you want to kind of get your own space someday man it it really really makes all this, you know, the discussion that we have, we do a lot of it because we love it, enjoying it, we love sharing it. But hearing that back is is just fantastic to hear that sort of feedback, man. No, that's huge, man. That that just ah warms me up, man. Thanks, Thai guy. Ah, that's that's huge. Collecting so so special, and uh, you know, going way back, even you know, pre I was gonna say pre two, but pre nerd room. It's it's Timbo here that got me. <laughs> back into collecting like hard you know so um i know what you mean and good luck on the hunts there with ebay i've kind of been dipping my toes into there myself these days and um hit us up man let us know what else you're collecting i'd love to see all that stuff always intrigued by other people's collections ah good time and that's the best part about about seeing other people's collections and sharing it like with like-minded people is that everyone has a different love a different passion and takes a different form whether it's in your nerd room, whether it's in your office, wherever, everyone yeah. has their space. And yeah. it's cool to see how people show themselves through that. Definitely. And uh, yeah, for sure. Hit us up, man. And we appreciate you coming back every single week and listening to us mm. and sharing the experiences with us. So yeah, big show. Just want to make sure we got that out there kind of halfway through the, the news here. I would have preferred to have done it at the top, but like I said, I want to make sure that people are agreeing to that, uh, that we read stuff here. So I want to slide that in because it really means a lot to us. And this is exactly what we want out of the shows here. Yeah, man. So jumping back into the news, we're just going to touch quickly here on, on Marvel and I just want to get your thoughts, Troy. Last week on the solo cast, I talked about Marvel's crazy growing film slate through Phase 4 and Phase 5. And I just want to get your thoughts on if you think it's too much. Three, four films a year plus Disney Plus. I'm on board for it all, but I'd love a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four films. Well, okay, so what films do we have going each time? We got. Is this going into the Captain Marvel, Black Panther, to the Doctor Strange? Is yeah, it all that so stuff? Essentially, what? So they announced three new movies, untitled movies that are right. falling at within 2023 <laughs> and 20 or 2022 and 2024, which bumps up to four films a year in 2021, 2022, and 2023. Mm-hmm. Plus all the Disney Plus stuff. So yeah. essentially, in 2021, <laughs> we almost have something every month of yeah. substantial content from the MCU. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they might have to be careful, but I see what they're doing because 
they've lost basically apart from Thor, they've lost their their two their two big guns, right? Yeah. Um, one being Iron Man, obviously the Almighty Cap. So without those two, you kind of have to push and test and see what responds well with the audience. Obviously, we know Black Panther already does that. We know Captain Marvel will bring in that audience, but I think there's definitely some critiques that they can make to her overall character development and storytelling. So I think even those two are a safe bet. I think Doctor Doctor Strange is going to really find his footing. I know a lot of people really responded well to him Mm -hmm. um, after... Infinity War, especially. I liked him from the jump, but Infinity War, I really felt like he had a place solid in this universe. And I feel like with the next film and seeing him buddying up with um, uh, Scarlet Witch, I think he could be something special. Obviously, Spider-Man will always be a mainstay, but I feel like they're probably trying to find the next two spots that can really fill, the next two that the audience is going to respond to. And I think maybe when they do, maybe we can calm it down because I don't want to see too much going on i was the guy you know in 2015 that was you know um throwing the flag out there being like i want three or two yeah. star wars films a year give it to me and that blew up in my face and um i think it's it's and, and that was before we had disney plus that was just when we had one movie or two movies almost in a year solo and last jedi so i i I kind of want to see them calm it down a bit, but I won't be able to really gauge it until that moment mm. comes. I guess I have to taste it first and and, and see from there because we do have the whole TV, TV series going on, obviously, and then we're going to be moving on to the big screen. So it is quite a bit, um, but it's, it's a wait and see, man, on this one. It surely yeah. is, and I think we've got a year here where next year we've only got two films plus the Disney Plus starting in the fall with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. So it's going to be a quieter year in the MCU. But mm-hmm. come 2021, there's at least three announced Disney Plus shows, four films, because that Spider-Man film got tossed into the mix there as well. Yeah. So that's going to be our a year to gauge right. how sustainable that type of model is. Is that, right. we, like you said, we went from one film a year to two a year to three a year. Yeah. And now we're taking another step and then adding on essentially six hour films in the form of Disney plus shows. So do we have actually, that's that's a good point. Do we have a time of roughly how long these episodes are for the Falcon and cat or Bucky Falcon and winter soldier? My guess would be Mandalorian length. Okay. That seems to be the, to me, I, I find them great. They're about half an hour long Mm -hmm. and they can pour a ton of money into them. The Mandalorian, yeah. to me, the pacing has been excellent in yeah. those episodes. The first one was a little longer, I think. But the last yeah, two like have five been, minutes longer. Yeah, the last two have been about 32 minutes or so long. That yeah. would be my expectation, six to eight episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need more than that because you can tell a lot of story in there. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. we know they're filming Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But, yeah, it's interesting. I just want to see if uh, you had a, a wildly different opinion from me yeah. on, on the four. I, like I said, until I feel that fatigue – Mm-hmm. bring it on yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think i think feige's the type of person that if there was some sort of feeling of mm-hmm. mass mcu fatigue like if all of a sudden you saw a lot of these films starting to bottom out yeah i think they would change how they're approaching that slate because mm-hmm. They're just basically every other month once a quarter they're releasing a film <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> crazy um now let's skip to the, the for for the news and to cap this this episode off really this week yeah. let's let's jump over to star wars now you give us a great review at the top here of jedi fallen order 
cool. and the importance of it and how it's really kind of changing the game for you from that perspective. And the, mm-hmm. the next thing that we really got to talk about then is the rise of Skywalker. As we record, yeah. guys, it's 23 days. That's it? Until the rise of Skywalker. And this coming Sunday, we move into December, which is the month of the rise of Skywalker, the wow. final Skywalker saga film. How you feeling right now, man? You know, taking the pulse of fandom 23 days out from what is meant to be the final installment of this trilogy that we've been following since, well, we've been following it since our youth and a lot of people have been following it since 1977 when George Lucas kicked it all off, man. Like, have you been watching the TV spots? What's your hype level looking like? Are you uh, using that Mandalorian as a bit of a boost or a bit of a tie over? (laughs) Has that kind of really dampened? your anticipation because you're looking forward to the Mandalorian. So how are you feeling about uh, rise of Skywalker here, man? It's so funny, man. I'm, I'm totally up and down. I, I'm still totally star Wars mode, but it's crazy. Cause you know, the Mandalorian is what five years after we has going to revenge five years after return of the Jedi. And then I'm playing um, fallen order, which is five years after revenge of the Sith. And it just makes me shine that much more in the prequel era where like I'm experiencing that, that uh, Order 66 stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this for me, this is Star Wars. So it sucks because I love the whole world, but I just, I just, I'm just more drawn to that era. So playing this game, just real, just kind of awakening how much I love the prequel stuff. That being said, though, I can't wait to cap it all off because I do know with Episode Nine, like JJ said, this is meant to tie in all genres or all aspects of the universe, whether it's an OT or the prequels, and obviously the ST, the sequel trilogy. So. Um, I'm su- super excited still. I- I- I'm still a strong believer in two things, uh, Force-sensitive Finn and <laughs> Clone Evil Ray. So I'm-, I'm still sticking to it. Still sticking to it. But um, yeah, I'm-, I'm right there, man. Mandalorian's cool, too. It's it's. I think everyone is kind of calmed down on that Star Wars high. Yeah. Not in the sense that we're not excited, but in the sense of like everyone's kind of positive. I- I- at least I feel that way. Like everyone's kind of everyone's kind of had their bite at each end. You know, if you, if you want a little bit of this, you're getting it. If you want the video games, you can't complain about mm-hmm. it. If you wanted that TV series, that bounty hunter stuff, you can't complain. And then you got the big guns coming out soon here in December, which is the film. So, um, no, all, all around, it's great. It's going to be a weird time when um, the big screen's done and it's just going to be the TV series, really. And, um, yeah, I don't know what that's going to be like yet. That's going to be something else. But yeah. There's yeah. gonna the real turnover in Star Wars fandom, I think. Sure. It's, it's gonna be a real shift away from what has been an up and down couple of years since two thousand fifteen, yeah. but the most prolific era in content delivery yeah. has been since two thousand fifteen as well. So we're gonna yeah. move away from that space and see what the world looks like then. Yeah. But I agree with you, man. My hype level is high. It is mm-hmm. it's, it's I'm not watching any of the T V spots like I said last week. Yeah. But the one thing I will say is that the Mandalorian maybe I not say dampened mm-hmm. my Rise of Skywalker. Like I'm not any less excited because of Mandalorian, but mm-hmm. a lot of my stores focus is on the Mandalorian. So of I'm course. not looking or projecting out saying, Okay, only twenty three more days until I get to see a Star <laughs> Wars film. I'm thinking every Friday I get to see a Star Wars show. <laughs> and so it's taken maybe some of that angst out of the waiting for the rise of Skywalker and not really taking away any more of the hype. But I find myself having an easier time, not 
focusing purely on the rise of Skywalker. Like I can remove myself from the TV spots. I can remove myself from even some of the crazier news cycles that are starting to spill out a few more of the details of the film as we build closer and closer and as they build that hype train up. And right. so I can, I can dislocate myself from that and I'm okay with it. And I'm walking in with a relatively clean slate. Like I have a, a pretty good idea from the trailers and we've talked almost that nauseum sometimes about what this film's going to be. And we're definitely going to do a prelude episode mm-hmm. before walking into the rise of Skywalker. But the Mandalorian has, has been a nice holdover for me and given me something to focus in on that isn't, you know, plugging my ears and closing my eyes every time a TV spot comes on. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed that. And JJ Abrams, he has begun his circuit here of, of promotion for the rise of Skywalker. And he was on EW live. I believe it's on Sirius XM radio. And he was asked about how long the film is. And there's a lot of presumption that this was going to be potentially the longest Star Wars film of all time, running into about two hours and 35 minutes. But he said it's actually two hours and 21 minutes, which puts it as the second longest Star Wars film of all time behind The Last Jedi. Now, there's a lot of presumption that this film was going to be the longest because there was a lot of story, a lot of threads they needed to tie up. Does it shock you that it's not quite the longest film at 141 minutes runtime compared to the last Jedi 152. Uh, but then you contrast that with attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith, almost the exact same runtime as those two films. Right. Yeah. No, it's not too bad. I, I, I feel like those e- e- last Jedi too. I felt like it flowed all, yeah. all pretty well. So um, the length doesn't bother me too much. I do feel like, I guess without seeing the film, there's, there's probably a lot, they have to go over a lot of stuff oh, they yeah. have to put closure on. So that'll be interesting how to see how they basically handle that in this, this film. Um, I mean, not unless, you know, the, those, those bogus rumors that this is, you know, part nine and they're going to do a part 10 and, <laughs> you know, this is part one of two, which <laughs> would just be ridiculous. But um, no, I'm not too worried about that. This will be really cool to really see uh, JJ close out. Cause we always see him basically, you know, uh, rebooting or starting something new, but we never really get to see him finish so i'm excited to see it's crunch time man i gotta see how this ends it definitely is and i i agree with you it's whatever runtime they need to Mm -hmm. tell the story yeah that's all they need like i'm I'm cool with it either way down with it exactly Um, what's crazy that i realized after looking into the run times on this is that episode four is only 121 minutes two hours long (laughs) that's crazy it's 40 30 40 minutes shy of most of these other films which is crazy (laughs) <laughs> and look what that movie did, right? Like exactly. that, that started it all. Exactly. Man. Pretty wow. wild here. And you know, that kind of wraps up the Rise of Skywalker because like I said, we're not talking about trailers or anything like that anymore. Because yeah. I want to leave a bit to uh the experience inside of the, the movie theater there. But to end this episode off, we're going to talk Mando chapter three. And we're gonna continue yes. with this idea of spoiler free. And then spoiler. The spoiler talk is going to be relatively short. We're just going to talk about two of the major beats in Chapter 3 and not really do kind of that breakdown beat by beat like we did with Chapter 1. And I talked in a bit of detail about Chapter 2 last week. But this is something that I just can't stop thinking about. So I I have to get it out there. And we'll be sure to tag spoilers in this for you guys. Uh, But Troy, Chapter 2, Chapter 3. You didn't have a chance to talk or or really mention anything about Chapter 2 last week. But why don't you give your spoiler-free 
thoughts on chapter two, chapter three, and coming off the first chapter of The Mandalorian, how you think the momentum's you know, maintained, picked up, dropped. What are your thoughts on the CGI? Just overall kind of how you're feeling about The Mandalorian after having three episodes under your belt at this point. Um, I'd say chapter two, uh, right off the bat, has probably been my favorite, actually, of all three. I like chapter two yes, the most. Um, yeah, it, it, it was cool. Um, I got a little bit better feel of the Mando and, and where he's going. You see, with chapter one, I felt like the Mando was kind of too, was written in two ways. Uh, he felt very different at the first half compared to the last. Here, I feel like there's a consistent path, even going into episode or chapter three, um, a very consistent character. So chapter two, I, 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 I dug it, man. Uh, it felt a little tighter. Oh, um, yeah. The humor worked for me, too. There was some humor mm -hmm. in two, which I really liked. Uh, not going into any spoilers, which I was like, yeah, OK, I like where this is going. Um, and there was some cool stuff, obviously, too, even with the score of uh, chapter two with what a certain individual ends up ends up doing, which uh, which blew me away a little bit there. That was cool. Uh, chapter three. Chapter three was not bad. I know a lot of people love that one and I, I, I dug it. Um, a certain character in that one kind of changed for me. Uh, There's a character that was introduced in number one who I was like, OK, I get it. And then number three came along and he mm. felt a little different in that one um yeah I, I can't really say much about three at this time yeah. but um <laughs> without really going into anything but uh I, like i said at the beginning chapter two has been my main one i feel like this whole show is going to benefit so it's it's great already but it's going to benefit really well through a binge and yes. I, but i love the excitement like i love being able to watch it every friday but i man i can't wait till all what eight or ten episodes are laid out in front of us and just dig right in that's gonna be cool could be a good way to experience it for sure yeah i fully agree with you there man with chapter three coming in here it yeah. it relates back to chapter one better than chapter two yeah and so they seem like with chapter one one of the things that we discussed was that the pacing was a little bit off mm -hmm. and they really told or really expanded the universe of the mandalorian very quickly and they set up a whole bunch of stuff but what's nice about two and three is that they take the time to answer some of that stuff or pick up those threads so they're not left yeah. dangling too long. What yeah. they had to do in Chapter 1 was entice you with a universe that the Mandalorian was in. Yes, this is the Star Wars universe, but he had to have his own contained sort of space that yeah. he wasn't just borrowing from Star Wars. Right. And they really did that in Chapter 1. And so they spent a lot of time with some exposition. They spent a lot of time with universe building if you can call it that and these next two episodes like you said have been really tight mm -hmm. they've been really story focused and character focused which i've really enjoyed and sure. the score for me especially in chapter three mm -hmm. to me it's it's really starting to stand out as a character i i'm yeah. really enjoying it like mm -hmm. i said i struggled a bit more with it in chapter one yeah but two and three is they are coming at it i think with a new and different design that I'm really starting to appreciate. For sure. They kind of found their footing with this now, I think. Agreed, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. there's some crazy wild moments in Chapter 3 yeah. that fans of a certain part of Star Wars are just going to absolutely gush over. <laughs> and even myself, I found being like, whoa, I can't believe we're in Episode 3 and they actually went there. Yeah. I know this doesn't do a lot for you guys that haven't seen it, because we're talking in real <laughs> vague terms, but 
you're going to enjoy it. I'll just put it that way. And I mm-hmm. think that all three episodes for me have been immediate repeat viewings. And I've enjoyed all of them thoroughly. There's To me, this is really well-constructed. Favreau, Filoni, and the crew there, it's, uh, it's fantastic what they're doing here. It really is. It's special, man. It's really special. Um, I do notice, too, uh, going back to, you know, just these three episodes, you can really tell how, you know, you mentioned the last two are very tight. I think that's also going to show the fact that a little bit of the inexperience that um, Filoni shows yes. when it comes to live action. As much as I've been rooting for this guy to give us a live action film, and I mean, in, in due time, I'm sure it will come, but you can kind of see the difference in pacing from for other sure. directors that have done live action to uh, to a newbie, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will attribute some of that to the complexity of the first episode. For sure. There's a lot yeah. going on where the chapter two and chapter three are very focused. Yes. Yeah. Like they're not, yeah. it's not like he's like, I think in chapter one, he's all over the place, right? I'm trying not to spoil anything here, but he was <laughs> multiple places and yeah. a lot of different scenery. Mm-hmm. It, landscapes are changing. Characters are changing. So mm-hmm. th- there's a lot in that one. Yeah. And yeah. so I can't fault him totally for that, but let's move into the spoiler section here. So nice spoilers for Mandalorian in general, the first three episodes and especially episode three. So if you're not watched that or, if you unfortunately don't have access to that, we're going to say so long to you guys for now. Make sure to come back and check these out down the road when you do have access to it, particularly our friends over in the UK that don't get mm. it till March. Ugh. I feel your pain, guys. I- I'm really sorry. But uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, listen to the spoiler-free stuff, and listen to the- all the other stuff that we talk about. But we're going to spoilers for Mandalorian, Mandalorian Chapter 3 especially. So yeah. you have been warned. All right, man. So like I said, we're going to do a beat by beat on this one. We're going to talk about basically two of the big threads, yeah. the big arcs that we do see in Chapter 3. Uh, number one being the Mandalorian going against the Code mm-hmm. and Grief Cargill. And I think this is a character you're referring to in your spoiler-free mm-hmm. reaction there. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to talk about the Mandalorian arc that they really built here. So one of the things that we talked about in the Chapter 1 review was how surprised, at least I was, that they went full Mandalorian on this. Yeah. And they really go full Mandalorian in Chapter 3 as well. So yeah. that's something that we're going to ta- discuss in a bit more detail and to see where they're really going with this arc. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really surprised we've gotten this much, that it wasn't just a, a tease for something later. But this has been a through-going thread with the Mandalorian. And we really see him beef up his armor in this episode as yeah. well, which is pretty great. But let's, <laughs> let's, let's go back to kind of the, the one of this first arc here, him mm-hmm. going against the Code. So we have the Mandalorian. He uh, is built up as this bounty hunter that doesn't really have a code in any sense that his code is finish the job don't ask yeah. questions he seems pretty relentless at times with the jawas with some of the <laughs> bounties that he's chasing that he's just like offing these people yeah but in this episode he does show that heart of gold type that we we're expecting out of this character mm-hmm. in some capacity but they really lean into it in chapter three where you see him deliver the package being the baby Yoda species. And he asks them about it. And they say, this is against the code. You're not supposed to ask. And then he eventually goes back and steals the thing. Yeah. And takes <laughs> off with it. And in doing so, ends up outing the Mandalorians themselves. Right. So what are your, what's your take on 
the Mandu's kind of flip here where you were seeing him going from at least in the chapter one, the portrayal of the bounty hunter that will do anything to now mm-hmm. the character that's sympathizing on a more emotional arc, if mm-hmm. you will, with this character with a, a species or a, a character that maybe in chapter two, the bond was built because this character saved him. Right. Use the force. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> So what's your thought on the Mando in chapter three and him taking more of this, like empathizing with his bounty as opposed to being a very stonewalled, this is my job, delivery, money, go. You know what? Um, I'm going to go with, I'm a big force guy. That's my, that's my jam when it comes to Star Wars, force and lightsabers. And I feel we've had flashbacks for a big reason in this, in this, in this show. And that is the fact that we see, I'm guessing that kid that we see that's that's him that 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 kid's yeah Mando. yeah but i feel you know we see the the super battle droids and which, all that kind of stuff yeah. which is clone wars i'm thinking a jedi at some point has saved him or his you, family okay, possibly so yoda that's what i was gonna possibly, say when right? you said that like, yeah. i hadn't thought about any of this this is all you <laughs> i got goosebumps seeing the fact that yoda saved him yeah yeah the real yoda yeah right? the original and he sees this guy and he's like, okay. Holy shit, season. man. And then he sees they use the forest, and he's like, this guy saves me, you know, or at least the species or somebody. So I feel like he has a connection to this character. How cool would it be to see a flashback of Yoda pop up in Clone Wars and save? Because that timeline adds up. That's definitely the prequel era with the battle droids. Yeah, 100%. And so, 100%. And I, that, that took me back, too, because my expectation was that it was more of an Imperial purge. Right, right. Of the Mandalorian. But I don't have the Clone Wars background, so yeah, that that to me that was heavily implied that it was a prequel era for sure purge, which yeah. makes him quite old, I guess. I guess if it's at the end of Revenge of the Sith, not that old. I guess he'd be in his thirties or whatever. Yeah, mid to late thirties, early forties. It is in that in that, that flashback. That kid's like ten, maybe. Yeah, and Eight, this 10. is. Yeah, so he's probably, he's probably actually what his age is. I think Pascal's like early forty. Yeah, that yeah that lines up. Yeah. So I think it probably lines up. So I think I think definitely whether it's Yoda or not, definitely a Force user saved him and his. Well, I don't know if his family made it out, but it saved him. So he definitely has some interest in this character, especially after seeing it used in the Force. So the Force is strong, man. It does many things. You know, it, you know, it made Han Solo join these guys on the <laughs> on the rebellion side, and it does all sorts of things. So I feel like something like that's happening in this character. Were you shocked that they used the Force in Chapter 2 so soon? Not really. So soon, yeah. For how early, yeah. I wasn't surprised at all because when I look at him, I can't help but see Yoda. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> him using the Force, I wasn't surprised. But so soon and so strong. Like, like, like I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. I mean, the Force is different with each individual, but he's clearly very strong with yeah. the Force to see what he's done at such an early age, being 50. But he looks great for fifty. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Were you surprised? Were you taken back? Were yeah, man. I, I I detailed this a bit last week. To yeah. be honest with you, I'm shocked they use the force in general in this show. Yeah. yeah. I thought this was going to be a step away from from that. Yeah. And yeah. to the the underground to the the bounty hunter type of of lifestyle where right. the force isn't really a factor. Right. And Guff you, Mone, man. 
That's, well, that's, that's it, yeah. right? And to yeah. use it in chapter two of all places, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't something that was saved for halfway through the season to kind of give you that big hook or whatever, right? Right. It's chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're barely into this. We barely know this character. And all of a sudden, we got Baby Yoda using the... I know it's not Baby Yoda, <laughs> but I'm going to keep calling it that. For sure. But he's using the Force. Yeah. It's crazy. But I love, love what you pointed out there that cool. there's yeah. a deeper, more inherent connection to either the look of the character or right. the force or whatever. And that's why he decides to go back because there's something in his childhood. Cause that yeah. makes this story to me less contrived that yeah. you've got a guy that's all of a sudden decided he's got this heart of gold and fell for this kid or whatever, that yeah. there's actually something deeper inside of him that's controlling this as opposed to a flighting feeling in a moment, mm-hmm. man, that is, that is, it's gotta be that, that makes so cool, much man. more sense to me now. Yeah, man. That's why this character is doing this beautiful. This is why we talk this stuff <laughs> this out. That's why we do it. Yeah. That's <laughs> why we do what we do. <laughs> awesome. And so grief Cargill. So going against the code and all that, this is a character that towards the end, I think that you were implying that kind of takes a turn, right? He's kind of just this guy yeah. that's sitting in a booth and then all of a sudden, He's uh he's decided that he's going to, I guess, go against the Mandalorian. You know, he did break the code. Yeah. So do you did you find that is that the character you were talking about? That's exactly you nailed it. You know, I felt like because uh, was it Carl Weathers, right? Yeah. And I felt like um, you know, the first time we see him, it's it's kind of like your generic kind of dude running the guild, whatever. But I don't know if it was um the turn of direction or his acting in general, but it's just it felt very overacted over the top yeah. when the last time they met before guns were blazing as it kind of took me out a little um he, he's done i guess right this guy well at, i at, think at the end there or was he sizzling or <laughs> i think they <laughs> imply think? that the man because he had those uh the metal right in his chest yeah and i think it implied to me what i took away was that he the mandalorian shot those things on purpose to not kill him because oh, they okay. knew that like the blaster wouldn't go through that metal Right, of course, of course. And yeah. so I don't think the character's done, but mm-hmm. to me he went from someone that carried a bit of weight, yeah, you know, sitting in that booth, yeah. to someone that was almost just this mercenary type that really the approach of the character, I, I see what you mean, how mm-hmm. he went from holding a bit of prowess to yeah. I'm going to get you in your in your ship or whatever. Right, yeah. So it didn't bother me a ton, and I like the fact that the Mandalorian spared him. Yeah. Well, now that you pointed that out, I like that. Because I I want him to kind of stick around. I want to see what he has in store for us later on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be running around. You know, maybe there's a bounty on the Mandalorian now. Right, right? yeah. Type thing. So, yeah, I really really like this this first arc that they kind of had built in here with him changing. And I like it even more now that we've talked about it a bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now what about the mandalorian here so like we said we see him get kitted up mm-hmm. after taking the reward for delivering the baby yoda and his his armor's looking great we're seeing that really cool evolution evolution i love the building of it you know i'm assuming we're gonna get some maybe some color into here or his mass changing up a bit yeah towards the end of the the season here but this gives us a lot more insight into the mandalorian which again is another shock for me that they're going this path this is a felony influence in my opinion oh, yeah. maybe a favreau in- influence from his love and passion for maybe some sort of extended universe story is that they're going this deep with the mandalorian lore 
And now we've got a great look into several different types of Mandalorian. The Heavy Armor Mandalorian, which is now a Best Buy exclusive action figure. Black Series. The blue one, right? Yeah, the big yeah. blue guy. Yeah, they kind of yeah. at the end talks to him or whatever. And he, the guy he fights with. That is that um, Favreau that voices Apparently him? Apparently it is Favreau it, that voices it. it. Right. I didn't catch like, that. Yeah, because I think Favreau voiced the other Mandalorian in Rebels. Did he? And now he's back as like his distant offspring of some sort oh, crazy. they both share the same last name oh which is really kind of funny. cool i didn't yeah. know that yeah so that's really cool that they that they threw that in there you know just connecting all that tissue right yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's and then we see you know some pretty epic fight scenes with the mandalorian yeah. and him them them coming out with the jetpacks like yes. that felt like freaking rebels man <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. great yeah that's exactly what it was like yep definitely good call yeah did you yeah. did you enjoy the mandalorian stuff in Digging the deep dive into the lore. Yeah, you know, I, I like the, <laughs> I like the lore of the Mandalorian stuff. I, 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 you know, I always get it mixed up because with the stuff going into Knights of the Old Republic, like the Mandalorian Wars and the Jedi's, I always kind of, I never had a real clear cut of the whole history. So I'm, I'm hoping that gets more fleshed out in this story that we're getting. Um, I kind of like seeing the Mandalorian by himself a bit more, like mm-hmm. just the the overall look. But I mean, the story they're telling, it totally makes sense. And you know what? There's been a lack of Mandalorians in canon, really, when you think about it. So I think a show called Mandalorian is the time to do it, where we're getting yeah. a whole bunch of them and, and really dive deep in their history and show how they form their armor. Speaking of his armor, I was going to ask you, is that what came in the carbonized uh, Black Series? What he has, like the silver, or is that... Uh, no, so that different? I looked at it. It's funny you say because I looked at that literally <laughs> this evening. And the mask is a little more silver than... I'm trying to find in here. Than the... Then, sorry. Then the... Man, I just had to hop up to see it. <laughs> then the Mandalorian <laughs> in just a black box, but it's still got like a brown wash in parts right. of it. And the chest plates and the the armors and all that, or the the shoulders and all that, are all the same as he as his incarnation in episode or chapter one. So there's no oh, silver sorry. kitted out Mandalorian, which will inevitably be a Funko Pop and an oh, action figure sure. and all that. <laughs> which it I will looks buy. very phasma like this this, yeah. this silver chrome kind of thing going on here. Yeah. Kind of yeah. even responds the same, like almost yeah. like it's built the same. Yeah. So it's really I love watching the evolution of that. I like mm-hmm. getting the Mandalorian lore, and yeah. it seems like we've had our moment with them, and they're going to disappear for a while. I hope so. Yeah, I think that they've implied that the clan has to move now, and yeah. they're underground because they're were hunted or whatever because of the purge. So right. I, I feel that they've had that big moment with the jetpacks and all that. Yeah, they've given that action set piece. And now it's time to take a break. And do something a little different, which I think we're going to now see going into chapter four, a bit more of the off world stuff, what the universe looks like now. And him, of course, being hunted by other bounty hunters, which I'm excited for, because to me, that might introduce like a Dengar or a Bane or something like that. Oh, I I think that would be really cool for them to, (laughs) to sink their teeth into and bring in some other bounty hunters that are chasing him. Yes. And maybe this meant that might just be a pipe dream, but it would be really cool. And I think a more organic way to bring in some of those characters. They're not just like running into Dengar at a bar. This is Dengar is now hunting you because there's a big bounty on your head from both the Imperial remnants, which we haven't seen all of that. Mm -hmm. And also maybe the guild or whatever. 
Right. Or Cara Dune even too, right? Because she's still that, – That's a big question mark. Yeah. I'm, again, still shocked that they've left her out of this for so long. Yeah. Because I thought she would have been showing up for sure. Like when I saw like the guns firing and kind of saving him, I was like, oh, shoot, here she comes. And I still not here. So um was right there man. with you. Because there was a, a weird moment in Chapter 3 where they pan to an individual that's in the dark you can't see. To me, it looked like a woman, and I thought okay. she was going to come out guns ablazing and save him. Right. Um, yeah. I was fully expecting that, too. But hopefully What'd chapter four. I'm of, looking forward to seeing this character. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to get – she has to pop up in the yeah. next I'd imagine so. Um, what did you think of the ice cream bucket popping up again? Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> so cool. I it's uh, It contextualizes that moment in empire strikes back that this thing is actually like a safe <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is really cool the only thing i didn't get to me that metal's got to be god awful heavy oh my god and he walks around that thing like like it's full of ice cream <laughs> not that it's full of like bricks of metal <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, great callback oh that's awesome yeah and that's 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 favreau for you, you know we've got the the gun from the holiday special yeah. You've got this ice cream thing. Will Drift. I can't remember what the hell's his name. Real Will, Will Row Hood is the character's oh, yeah? name. This runner around no the way. ice cream thing. And yeah, it's it's fantastic. I, I love this this episode, chapter, whatever you want to call it. And to me, this this show, it, I am hooked on this. Yeah, man. I count down. Yeah, I'm counting down to Friday every time. Um, if I can yeah. find that space, squeak it in couple yeah. times i'm doing that so i gotta get my wife on it i gotta binge yeah. through it the first three episodes with her mm-hmm. later this week so I'll get kind of my third full pass and kind of almost a binge watching of yeah. three episodes so really looking forward to that man so that uh unless you got anything else on the mandalorian no um nothing nothing major um d- d- have they kind of solved the issue of um, the show debuting at certain different times like some i've heard sometimes in the past it's kind of crept up on a late thursday Oh really? You know, kind of a yeah. Or even I guess even with the Disney Plus when it first dropped, sometimes uh, I think some people got a little earlier. Well, I don't know time zone wise, like when it's dropping and how they control that. Like, does it yeah. just drop? I guess what's the furthest east that it's available, mm-hmm. which would be like St. John's or something in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. And then now, I guess with Australia having it. Oh, yeah, the 19th is when they got it, right? November. Yeah, so I don't know how regionally they control stuff like that. So yeah. I have no idea. Unless it comes out a day late in Australia, like if it debuts in the U.S. first. Yeah. And then I have no idea. Actually, Kegel could tell us. He uh, down in the States there. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. But I never have a chance. Like, I'm not – there's a few people I know that get up really early in the morning to watch it on Friday morning. But I'm not watching oh. it until Friday night at the earliest after yeah. kids are in bed. Get so. the pizza, get the wine, and just go in, man. Yeah, I hear you, yeah. man. Man, bit of that. I'm a bit more of a brewski guy, but yeah. <laughs> All right, dude, man. This was an absolute bass having the both of us back at the mics here. Yeah. Hopefully, Sanjay is back in the hot seat next week that he's done his little adulting and can come in and, you know, talk nerd with us. But, guys, if you want to be a part of this show, you can always email us at thenerdram at gmail.com. You can hit us up. On Twitter, we're always roaming around looking for a good conversation. Our handles are at the end of the episode. You can use the hashtags WeTheNerd, TwitterGang, and StayNerd as well. You can find us over on Instagram. I've just posted some Marvel Legends, some Guardians of the Galaxy oh. stuff that I really enjoyed there. 
We're going to be posting some of the picks from the holiday toy hunt. Nice. And uh, yeah, like I said last week, I'm going to give you guys some insight, a bit more insight into my collection here as I'm not doing too many crazy hunts, hunts as we build into the new year and building towards the holiday season. You can find everything that we do over at the nerdroom.net as well as starscommonwealth.com. We can find us and all the other Star Wars Commonwealth podcasts that are going into all varying depths on the coverage of both The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker. If you're looking for a different opinion, make sure to go and head over. There are some fantastic episodes dropping recently. I have to give a big shout out to rob williams over at the generation x-wing podcast because his last episode was on collecting and it was great oh. absolutely great how and why they collect so go check that one out and last but not least we give a big shout out to our man rob wade over at talk Stores and emotionally 14 he endorses this podcast on emotionally14.com each and every week so big shout out to him and make sure you go check out everything that he's doing over at motion14.com as well as talk star wars all right guys another episode in the bag we're counting down to number 200 which will debut before the end of the year the last thursday of the year you will see episode 200 it's a big feat for us we're excited about that and of course we will be talking nerd next week guys back in the feed will be Yet another episode, 197. So until then, guys, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you guys very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.